0: We're finally getting into chapter 3 of Ephesians after two months, amen? So just a quick review, Paul starts off the letter to the church of Ephesus and he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, amen? And he says that we were chosen by the Father, purchased or redeemed by the Son, sealed by the Holy Spirit, and he says, for this reason, that God would give us revelation and the knowledge of him. Then he talks about in chapter two, that we were saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. That we are his workmanship. That God gave him uh, the mystery of the gospel, that there is no separation between Jews and Gentiles. And then he starts off chapter three. By calling himself a prisoner. Amen? And so turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. If not, look to the screen. He says, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you. A prisoner. Someone say he's a prisoner. He's a prisoner. He's a prisoner with a cause. Amen? He's a prisoner with a cause because he's been captured on the road to Damascus. He was on his way to kill Christians. Now he wants to make more Christians. He was on his way to, to torture the church. Now he wants to build the church. And he starts off by saying, I, for this reason, Paul, a prisoner. At this time, he was captive in Rome because he's beginning to open his mouth and proclaim the mysteries of the gospel. Amen. He, he had this boldness and he began to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel and people were excited. Because Paul, being a Jew, began to explain to the Jews uh, that Jesus was from God. Amen? That Jesus came from God, and, and they believed him, and everybody got excited. Someone say, everybody got excited. It's almost like, you know what, we got excited because our little neighborhood is, is finally getting fixed, and, and now all of a sudden things are changing, and, and you know what, all of our enemies are, you know, my God, this is payday, Right? The big payback. Now that Jesus is Lord and we know who he is and he redeemed us. And all of a sudden the the Jews begin to get really excited. And next thing you know, he tells them that now the Gentiles get in too. At first they thought they were the only VIPs. Have you ever felt, you know, have you you ever been there where you thought you were the only one? And then everybody else was invited? How many people know that? Like, you know, you, get, you thought you were the only one that got the invitation, and you find out everybody got one in the mail. And so they, thought, they felt that they were the special people. They thought, hey, you know what, man, we finally got it, the big payday. And all of a sudden, Paul begins to proclaim, guess what, I got news for you. I'm so excited. Guess what, they get to go too. Our enemies? The one that got us in this pl- problems in the first place. The one that's messing with us. The one that took over our land. The one that put their government upon us. Uh, and, and yet, they're excited. Uh, and, and you're telling me that they they have access to God too? And so they got mad and they put him into prison. And so he's in Rome. And that's the biggest. Rome at that time was, it was so powerful at that time that it, it controlled the whole world. And so Paul's in prison. Let me explain. He's doing something right. He's a prisoner for, with a cause. And he's doing something right. And he begins to explain that the Gentiles who were far off are now made near by the blood of Jesus. And he gets rewarded by getting arrested. He gets, he gets blessed by getting to go to prison. And it's sometimes it feels that way, you know, it's sometimes it feels like, man, after everything I'm doing for the kingdom, this is what I get. After everything, I, you know, I, I didn't even have to open my mouth. I'm most perfectly fine doing my thing. And now that I opened my mouth, this is what I get. Everybody gets access to this, this? Everybody gets VIP to Jesus, to God? I, I don't get it. I thought we were the special people. And he says, listen, everybody's in. Instead of being excited, they put him in prison. And I find it interesting where it says that. And then it turned around, please go keep going back. Prisoner of Christ Jesus for you, Gentiles, if indeed I have heard of your dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by the revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I've briefly written already. By which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men it has been known revealed by the spirit and his holy apostles and prophets that the gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ through the gospel of which i became a minister um, a minister according to the gift of grace of god given to me the effective working of his power to me whom the least of the all the saints this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has made hidden God, who created all things through Christ Jesus. To the intent now the manifold of wisdom of God might be made known by to the church to the principalities, powers, and heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Someone say amen. We get access. We get full benefits. But I want to go back to the beginning of the scripture again where he says, I'm a prisoner. For this reason, the prisoner of Christ Jesus... I want, I want to drive something home this morning, okay? I want to I bring something home to you and every individual that's here this morning. I, I want you to see something. I, I want you to learn how to change your perspective. I want you to learn how to change your perspective. He's not complaining. He's rejoicing. He's not crying about it. He's proclaiming about it. And a lot of times we get put in certain positions or we have to do certain things and our perspective is a lot different. He calls himself a prisoner to Jesus. I've been captive by Jesus. Even though you, you know, I'm in Rome and I'm, you know, I'm in next to, I've been chained next to a, a guards, I don't see it that way. I see it that I'm, the, it's a privilege to preach the gospel. It's a privilege to tell something about Jesus. It's a privilege to be here this morning. It's a privilege to listen. It's a privilege. I'm a prisoner. I am captive. I am, I am good. But a lot of times our perspective is, is this what I get? After everything I've done good, I get arrested. You guys heard the story. Is a glass half full or is a glass half empty? And you get those people who always say it's half empty. Right? How many people believe it's half empty? Raise your hand wouldn't do it, huh? Or how many people are married to somebody that they don't say it, but they always talk about, like, they always feel like it's half empty. Don't raise your hand. And you know those people. No matter what you have, it's not enough. It's half empty. We need more. It's not satisfying. And you always see it, and they always have something to complain about. They always find something negative to talk about, right? I mean, you could have the best day, and they'll say, you know what, that day was good. Yes, it was, but it would have been better if so-and-so never showed up. It would have been better if. If this would have happened, it would have been better if this. And they always have a different perspective. And what God is trying to do, he's trying to change our perspective, the way we see things. The way we call out to things. The way we, the, the way we proclaim things. If you keep saying life sucks, guess what? It does. It, it will never change. It's not going to get better just for you. If you keep calling those things that, uh, you know what, it, I, it, I, it seems like I never catch the brakes. You never will. You have to get to a place where you have to understand that if God be for you, who could be against you? You got to get to a place where if, hey, if God, if I'm doing what's right with God, no matter what happens, even if I were to die, I live. Because your perspective has to change. You, let, you We have to learn. Because listen, we have a lot of negativity in this church. Like it or not, it is. You can tell because you, you're sitting next to somebody that's not even smiling. Somebody that just, you know, their eyebrows up. like. Somebody that's shaking their head and saying, it's not me. I don't know who he's looking at. But they're always on the negative track. Right? Like you'll say something and they'll they'll have to, they'll take it the wrong way. Have, Have you ever met someone like that? You tell them something, they take it the wrong way. You say, I didn't mean it like that. I mean, women are sensitive. Can we be honest? You can tell something to your wife and she'll take it like the wrong way and you're like, I didn't mean it like that. Like they're trying to talk to you and you you, you just like have a lot of things on your mind, so you say, Yeah and they're like, Oh, you know what? And you're like, Oh I didn't mean it like that. Has that ever happened to you men? Right? What's weird is that some of you men are sensitive like that. You're like, You big baby And a guy goes, I'm not a baby It's the way you look at things. Do you see good in people? Or should I say, do you see God in people? I got news for you. And I need you to understand this. Every single one of you is a prisoner. Every single one of you is captive. And some of you might not understand what I'm saying, but I'm going to drive it home anyways. Some of you are in prison... To perversion. You're captive by perversion. Some of you are in prison to drugs. Some of you are in prison to alcohol. But you're a prisoner. Some of you are in prison to anger. Some of you are in prison to anxiety. Some of you are in prison to this. And some of you are in prison to that. Let me, let me tell you three things that, that a lot of us are in prison to. And I, and I include myself. We are, in, we are in prison to a thing called The web. And there's a reason why it's called the what? The web. Because it entangles. Or should I say the net. With catches. Right? Does everybody have a cell phone? Right? So basically you live behind the cell. You, you ain't hearing me, but everybody is in bondage. And you know what? You know it because it, 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 you're entangled to it. It's, it's the web. It's the net. It's the cell that you're behind. You are in prison to something, and that prison is is stopping your perspective of what God is. I'm saying? It, like, let me put it on vibrate. you notice that? Like, I want you to notice something. Next time you go to the, a restaurant, watch how many people are on their cell phone. It's it's seriously embarrassing. They walk in, uh, take your, mm -hmm." and they're like this. And there's listen, you're, you're not the president. How many of you are doctors? Raise your hand if you're a doctor. So there's no doctors, there's no presidents. How many of you a lawyer? No lawyers, no doctors. No? Then what do you need to be on your phone so bad? How many counselors we have here? How many counselors we have here that you're, you're a certified counselor and you need to talk to patients? Raise your hand. So then what's so important that you need that cell? my friend's going to text me a picture of what they just ate really what's so important I'm just just, you know what you're saying well pastor come on we heard this before no but I want to drive it home because it's the truth what is so important that you need your cell phone 24 hours a day? You know what? Anybody can fast food. You know, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, not going to eat for five hours or a day or whatever. But try try stay away from your phone for more than a day. How many people are willing to take that challenge? Raise your hand if you really. Some of you go like, that's cool because my phone don't work anyways. You know why you can't? Because you're in prison behind the cell. You're not willing to take that challenge. You're playing somebody on word game or whatever. You're, you're, you, you got some connection with something. And, and let me explain to you something. You spend more time on your cell than you do with the prisoner of Jesus. I just don't have time, pastor, to read my word. But I got 25 likes just a minute ago. And listen, let me tell you something, reading your word, studying your word, praying to God, talking to God, hanging out with God is not finding a scripture and just texting it to somebody that you probably didn't read in the first place. You just copied and send it out. See, I'm spiritual. I need you to understand something here. The reason why I say this is because our priorities are off. They're they're, they're out of whack. There's no way we're going to have the attitude like Paul, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ if we don't believe it. And me, by being here behind the pulpit, I can't convince you that, hey, guess what? You know what? I, I, this and I can't convince you. I, I can't walk your walk. I can't be who you are. I can only tell you something right now. Let me explain to you, please, that guess what? You're either a prisoner of Jesus Christ or a prisoner to all these things that I just mentioned. And they control you. Paul was connected. Listen, Paul was connected to a, to a guard. And wherever he went, the guard had to go with him. It wasn't like he had freedom. It wasn't like he could just do whatever he wanted to do. And he's writing a letter to us and explaining to us that he's a prisoner and he's happy about it. And yet we're at a physical prison and we're not happy. Does that make any sense? Paul's writing a letter and he's happy to explain the mysteries that you who are far off, guess what? You get to come in. I got a VIP ticket for everybody and he's so excited and he's in physical prison chained to a guard because something he didn't do wrong but something he did right and yet we are free. I said we are free and yet we don't have a good attitude. You know why? Because what we see and what I'm trying to tell you is we have to learn how to change our perspective. Come on, somebody. We have to learn how to change our perspective. We have to learn how to change our mentality. You know what they say to well, Christians? You're, you're, you're brainwashed. Don't they say that? Man, you guys are brainwashed. You guys are so, you guys are brainwashed. You know what? They're right. Absolutely. My, 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 my brain used to be dirty. My brain used to think different. My 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 brain used to make me do crazy stuff. And you know what the crazy thing is? I have been brainwashed by the blood of Jesus. I have been brainwashed. Because the bottom line is this: when they tell you it's, you know, hey, do this, do that, do this, do that. Guess what? Those who are not brainwashed will do it. And you ever notice when you're not brainwashed by the blood that you believe everything the world offers? I feel it's, yeah, you know what? They should legalize marijuana. So I don't get in trouble no more. Who's the one that's brainwashed? Do what God's called you to do. Keep proclaiming the gospel. Keep telling people about the love of Jesus. Hey, you know what? No matter what happens to you, we are his workmanship. We were far off. Now we are brought near by the blood of Jesus. And you know what God has called us to do? He's called us to be a prisoner for the right reasons. So after church, how many people are going out to eat after church? Raise your hand if you're going out to eat after church. I challenge you to put yourself on phone way while you eat. Unless you're the president. A doctor, a counselor, a lawyer. I challenge you. Put your put your put your phone off. Oh, it might be an emergency. Somebody might call. But we're brainwashed. I challenge you. Put your put your cell phones away. Have a conversation with your family for once. You know there's nothing more rude than when someone's trying to talk to you and you're like, How many people think that's rude? Someone's trying to have a real conversation. You're like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I during service. And you know what the crazy thing is? You're so good at your phone. You don't even look at the letters. but you're not a prisoner, right? These kids are even better than you. Kids in high school, like this, with their cell phones underneath the bed. I mean, what do they teach in school? Does someone have their cell phone? Right? The other day, I had had to stop these kids. They came to my house and I promise you, they were on, not they, just one of them, and not the good one, not just playing. <laughs> Phone like this, like, like trying to play basketball. <laughs> Turn those things off. That's it. Turn them off. And you laugh, and we laugh, and we laugh, and we laugh, but we're the best teachers. You know what? You can you on the internet now. You can do anything. How many of you? You know why you guys don't go to the doctors? I'm gonna tell you why you don't go to the doctors. You don't waste your time. I'm go to WebMD. What do I do for my ear starts to hurt and da da da, da. Oh, do this, do that. Go to the. Da, da. I don't need a doctor. I diagnose myself. My stomach hurts and I'm doing. My eyes twitching. What does that mean? You have a sight case, like, you know, doctor, you got a sight case of itchy-itis. Oh, that's it, that's it, I ain't going to the doctors. That's what the WebMD said, I trust that WebMD. And yet, you know what, if you found out that that's what it took to cure you, to get rid of this illness or sickness, or and you just went on the little website to do that, and yet you have the answers what to heal you from your marriages, your finances, and all these things, and yet you don't want to take that way. You have all the answers right there. Pastor, what do I do? Listen, how about look into this? This is the what brainwashes you. This is what cleanses you. This is what keeps you clean. And though your sin be like scarlet, you shall be made white as snow. And, and you know what? It, it, it may not be popular. And I'm not here for a popularity contest. I'm not here to, to, to have a popularity contest. Like Paul, he, w- he wasn't there for a popularity contest. He was a prisoner. His perspective changed. He's saying, you know what? If this is what's going to keep me clean and smelling good for the Lord. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. When you're going to go meet somebody, you don't want to smell like the world. Or should I say some stuff? So Paul used the word to keep himself clean so he could have a relationship with God. He knew that, hey, you know what, God, I'm a prisoner for you. At the same time he said, I'm an apostle by the will of God, I'm a prisoner by the will of God. Ain't nothing changed. You can call me an apostle. Call me apostle, but I'm a prisoner too. And you know the crazy thing is? You are important. You guys are kings and priests, and you have the answers to eternal life. And are you using this? Are you using this to advance the kingdom? Are you using this to bless your families? Are you using this to help your neighbors? Are you using this to help your children? Are you using this? Are you using the word that God gave us? And guess what? Guys like Paul were killed over. To get this. Paul was willing to die to get us this. And this is why I love Ephesians. This is why I'm going through it slow and I'm taking my time. Because we were chosen by God himself. Redeemed, purchased by the blood, Jesus. And sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are his workmanship, created for good works. That we should walk in them. We were afar off, but he brought us near. Guess what? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it's because you're not talking to him. I just feel like, you know, me and God are distant. No, God is not distant. Maybe if you get off the phone, maybe if you stop thinking about yourself, you say, Pastor, I feel condemned here. I feel convicted here. You should. Because those, guess what? Those who have a relationship with Jesus, that's great. Keep saying it. That's awesome. Keep telling them. Because the enemy's ripping you off. He's creating robots. He's creating things that, you know what, the enemy is creating the world, and the world is just going one way, and they go this way, and they're yes, and then they go back this way. But those who are in Christ Jesus walk the narrow path that leads alive. There's only a few who find it. Those are only a few who are willing to be brainwashed by the blood of Jesus. When's the last time you ever said, man, I want to be a prisoner? either you're a prisoner of Jesus Christ or you're a prisoner to this world but you're a prisoner I choose to be a prisoner of Jesus Christ I choose to have a different perspective of life let me explain to you something before we close what Paul was really saying is guess what no matter where I go I'm his that's what really what he was saying if I hey if I'm an electrician I work for not my boss. I work for Christ. If I'm a father, I'm not a father for myself. I'm a father for Christ. If I'm a husband, I'm not a husband just to myself. I'm a husband to God's daughter. I'm a, I'm a, this, come on somebody. My perspective has to change. If I work, I work for God. If I pray, I pray to God. If I sleep, I sleep unto the Lord. And when I eat, that's why I say, thank God for this food that I'm about to receive. Cause he blessed me with it. And when you learn how to carry that mentality, you become untouchable. Man, you seem like you don't care. Why should I? Everything I have belongs to God. I know what it is to have, and I know what it is not to have. I know what it is to eat steak and lobster, and I know what it is to eat top ramen. And let me tell you something. The bottom line is, when you have Jesus, you have everything. So who's the real prisoner? Oh, you have to go to church. You know what? I don't have to. I get to go to church. I wouldn't go to church because in church you can't drink. I wouldn't go to church because you can't have a good time. The devil is a liar. As a Christian, I have better times. Listen, I have better times as a Christian than I ever did in the world. I have real friends as a Christian than I did in the world. You thought you were having a good time in the world? I wish we had videotape of half of you. I can only picture Pastor Manuel, BC. You too much, eh? I can picture you, BC. Was he a good boy? Why'd you marry him? Yaya, was Yaya BC? She's like, please. Hangovers are not fun. Divorce and all that craziness and fighting and friction. And But yes, we're, we're the one that's brainwashed. We're the one that's brainwashed because we love the Lord and we love our neighbors. And we love ourselves. Because we have a smile on our face and we're happy that we found God. That we don't have to do those things. We listen. Being a Christian doesn't mean you're, you're, you know, you're, you're. Oh my God! You, you don't do anything. You don't like sports. You do listen. I love sports. I love friends. I like to go eat. I have a good time. But you know what? The thing is, I'm a prisoner to Jesus. I'm not a prisoner to this world. And with all eyes closed and heads bowed. Prisoner. 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 What are you a prisoner to? What owns you? What has you captive? The web, the net, the cell, anger, drugs, alcohol, worrying, doubt, fear, loneliness, depression. What what has you in, 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 in captivity? Are you a prisoner with the cause? Are you a prisoner with the cause? Are you a prisoner with the cause? Yes, it is hard. This narrow road is hard. Yes, it gets weary while doing good. Yes, it is, but it's the greatest life that you can live. The worst life you can live is half Christian, half worldly man. A carnal Christian is the worst place to be because you're in prison in both directions. I'm not a pastor because I'm a pastor, I'm a, I'm a pastor to God. He asks me, He tells me what to do, I do it for Him. I get to do these things. I get to preach the gospel. I get to pray. I get to break bread. I get to have a beautiful wife. I get to have kids. And I get to babysit other people's kids. And I get to have fun. And I get to see sports. And I get to do these things. And I get to enjoy life. Who told you you couldn't do those things? Being a Christian is boring. Listen, the devil is a liar. There's too much work to be bored. There's too much to do to be bored. For those who are prisoners of Jesus Christ, and and maybe you're not there yet, say, you know what? I want to lift up my hands. I want to be captive by the Lord this morning. Go ahead and stand up. Say, you know what, Lord? I choose to be captive by you. I choose to give up. I'm tired of suffering for wrong. I'm tired of suffering for evil. I'm tired of being a prisoner to my, my own mind and my own understanding. I'm tired of being a prisoner to worry and doubt and fear and bondage to debt and, and with payments and, and all these things and worried about work and worried about being sick and worried about those who are dying around me and worrying about this and worried about. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, Lord. Lord, I want to be a prisoner to you. I want to I be a prisoner with a cause. I want to be a prisoner with a cause. Come on. somebody. Someone needs to be a prisoner with a cause. You know what? You've been captive by the enemy too long. Today's your day to be break free. The Bible says, he the son sets free is free indeed. Lord, I want to be free, but I want to be captive by you. Whoever you are, stand from your chair and say, you know what? Enough's enough. There's a reason why God gave you a second chance. There's a reason why God reconciled your family. There's a reason why God gave you a second chance and he's opening doors. There's a reason why you're here this morning. There's a reason why you're here this morning and you may not like it, but you're here this morning because God wants to set you free. You're not imprisoned to cancer. God allowed that to, 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 to allow you to go through some stuff so you can glorify him. Hey, let me tell you something. When, when, when Lazarus died, it was not by accident. God allowed him to die. So guess what? So he could be glorified. And sometimes things happen in our lives. That we don't understand it. And, and we get mad at God and say, why me, God? And God says, why not you? Did you not say that you would do anything? Yes, Lord, I said I would. Well, this is the cross that I'm giving you. This is what I told you to do, Paul. Paul pleaded with God three times. Lord, take this away from me. It's tormenting me. He says, my grace is sufficient. For when you are weak, I am strong. God is looking for some strong men and some strong women. Who are, blood, who are brainwashed by the blood of Jesus, who are not going to fall for the world and what the world has to offer, who are not going to be, listen, entangled to this world. This is what he says. This is what he says right here. Come on, worship team. Go ahead and begin to worship. I'm going to find it right now, what he says. Timothy. What he says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier, as a good prisoner, as a good father, as a good husband, as a good son, as a good worker, as a good daughter, as a good mother, as a good friend. You must endure hardship as a good warrior, as a good man, as a good woman, as a good child of Jesus Christ no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this world but yet he he wants to please the one that enlisted him as a good soldier God is looking for a few men and women with some backbone He says you know what call me to this army call me for this cause I want to be a I want to be a prisoner with a cause I want to be a man with a cause I want to be a man on a mission I want to be a woman on a mission God, give me, give me what to do, God. I want to do it. And even if the, my, my wife doesn't go with me, I'm not going to look back. If my husband doesn't want to go with me, I'm not going to look back. Even if my children don't want to go with me, I'm not going to look back. I'm hoping and I'm praying that they come. But God warned me not to look back. The cross before me, the world behind me, If it means for me to get on that cross and be crucified, then let me be crucified. For it is no longer that I live. I have been crucified. I am a prisoner of Jesus. I'm a prisoner with the cause. Father, I want to pray for those who stood up right now. I'm going to pray that God would begin to show you your purpose and your calling and why he brought you here this morning. God is going to begin to open up your ears and he's going to pour in his spirit. God is going to open up your heart and he's going to pour in his spirit. Some of you are feeling it already. You're saying this whole time I finally realized all these distractions, all these distractions, going to court, going to jail, losing my my family, losing all the money, losing my jobs. All these were distractions because guess what? My mind was clear my heart wasn't right all these things that i've gone through some suffering for the wrong sake but i want to suffer for the kingdom's sake now i want to be able to say god i well done good and faithful servant